What's up, everybody? Welcome to the PlayStation Report. I fucked up two intros before this. And my big buddy over here, tight-ass Tyler, was really disappointed in me. They were just weird, man. But you know what? That's fine. Maybe we should have just went with them. Said, fuck it. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it was too much. Maybe it was too much for everybody for this weekly PlayStation podcast. Yeah. How you doing, Tyler? I mean, things get very weird. This this doesn't really rank rank too high on the weirdness. Ah, how you doing, baby? I'm doing okay, baby. Oh, yeah. It's been a week, baby. Oh, yes, it has been. Has been certainly a week since the last time we've done this. Yeah, literally. Oh, man. I made some chicken tacos, man. Chicken tacos. They were good-ass chicken tacos. What else do you make with your tacos besides the chicken? Oh, just, you know, just put some of that uh, Mexican shredded cheese, you know, the four-cheese Mexican blend. Mm. Pick that up off the store. Uh, There you go. I I put some salsa on there. Mm. Essential. The chicken is really special, though. I marinated it in my special blend of hot sauces, Mm. chili powder, and various other minor ingredients that I can't quite remember right now. Yeah, that's that. I've never had like marinated chicken tacos. That's pretty mm. good. Sounds good. It was really good. Uh, just bake that chicken and then slice her up. Yeah. Have you ever had taco boats? No, no, I they're, haven't. They're just shells that are like boats, literally. Like they're shaped just in very weird ways. They're like, okay, like a chalupa. Sort of, but like different like just picture a little boat you mean like that you would mm, like it's a kind of like boat. oh man i'm trying to imagine it right now kind of like those little uh kind of tray like things sometimes you get when you're at a concession stand that they put sort like of. fries in yeah imagine that but a taco shell all right all right I, I can get on board with this yeah like they're not they're not awful but i'd rather just have a taco shell it's either you just go all out with like a burrito type of thing or a taco shell. Oh, I was going with the burrito type of thing, that soft shell goodness. Mm. Hard shell guy. I like the thing at Taco Bell where they have the hard and the soft shell all in one. Because yeah. you get the you get the nice yeah. fluffy soft shell, but you also get a good crunch that goes with it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just really good. You also mm. get a good shit to come with it a few hours oh, later. Yeah, nice moist Dude, shit. The Taco Bell near uh, my location in uh, at Kendig, they completely demolished it. Oh shit! Really? I'm serious. That is apparently Ooh. they're rebuilding it, and I hope so. But it was weird because they. You went by one day, and all the windows were covered, and they spray-painted closed on all the windows. And it's like, this is weird. Like, they didn't put signs up or anything, and they ripped the the Taco Bell logo off, and then they were tearing up some of the parking lot and doing some, some, like, site work stuff. And then one day, it's just all gone. 
Mm. It was like a like a three week experience mm. of like seeing this Taco Bell get slowly destroyed. It oh, makes me man. sad, and I very much hope they rebuild a Taco Bell in its place. I mean, it was an old ass Taco Bell. Yeah, it didn't look too good inside. You know, especially when you go into the newer, nicer looking Taco Bells. But we'll see. Oh, Maybe man. sad. Hopefully, they can build that quick, man. That there's not a. I can't. I don't remember where the closest Taco Bell is after that. It's Route thirty. Kind of, that's kind of far away. Yeah, I mean that. That's a fucking that, half an hour drive to Taco Bell now instead of a fifteen minute drive, and that's unfortunate. Mm. <laughs> man, that's it's got to get his Taco Bell. Oh man, I haven't been to Taco Bell in a little while. But we 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 just had to start this show on a sad note, didn't we? No, we did. We did. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! What you been playing, my baby girl? Um, just a little bit more like Uncharted, Golden Abyss, a little bit of Overwatch, but um, a lot of Mass Effect Andromeda. So I'm I'm about 15 hours in now. I cleared, almost cleared to 100%. Two planets now, working on Havarl which very much looks like something straight out of Ratchet and Clank, mm. and so do the Angarns. Mm. Say what you will about Mass Effect's, like, animation problems, it's environmental art is and, like, character designs for the new aliens. Well, at least the Angara is really good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, well, I, I love exploring the planets. I mean, it's, it's fascinating to get into stuff. I mean, the... The quest design isn't the best. Like it, it's still a little fetch quest. Like uh, I do think it's better than like Dragon Age Inquisition, for example. Uh, but the the side quests aren't the greatest. But some of them can be really good. Like I did one the other night where I ended up. It was just like explore cave, and I was finding prisoners, and I'm like, okay, this is very just kind of typical. And then I ended up running into this fucking ancient ai and had to make a hard choice and i'm like whoa i didn't expect this those type of side quests are cool and i wish there was a lot more of them um it's combat's fantastic i i love the combat the more i get into it uh the more i spec my character up the more you start to understand what combos you can really make work uh it's just awesome i i like all the side characters now that i've ran into him and kind of unlocked them all. I, I really do. The problem is, is that the original trilogy side characters were like the fucking best. And I don't know how Bioware could ever, ever top those characters in the original trilogy. So these characters, I think that's why a lot of people were like, yeah, I'm not really feeling them, but I like them a lot. Uh, I just haven't found my combo yet. Hmm. Like, I found my combo that I loved very early in the Mass Effect trilogy. Um, but I haven't really found it yet on, like, these are the characters I just absolutely love to roll with. Because I kind of like everybody, but I don't know. Who, who do you roll with most? Um, I usually roll with PB and uh, one other, either Vetra or Drac. Yeah, I've been taking out PB and, uh, God, what's his name? Dangarn guy. Jarl. Uh, Jarl. Yar- what? Right? Jaw. Jaw. What am I saying? Why was I thinking Jarl? 
I'm a fucking idiot. We're not in Skyrim anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's who I've typically been rolling with. But I don't know about him. He's a little bit of a hard ass. Yeah, it takes a while for him to open up. Yeah. He's very, very intriguing. But, you know, the dialogue isn't 100% perfect. But to me, it's just... It's not as bad as people were saying. Mm. I, I don't know. Like, there's times where I'm like, that just didn't sound good. That could have been win- written way better. But most of the problems lie with character animations. They're just not animated the best, but they're not awful either. They're just not where they should be. Because I think, you know, the standard for Bioware games is sky fucking high. You know, this would, to me, this is. Uh, like if, if uh, Naughty Dog or somebody just kind of fell short a little bit, you know, mm, you, yeah. you would go, it's good, but like, it's just not to where it should be because they always fucking knock it out of the park. And Bioware usually does that a lot. And this game just falls slightly short, but it's not, it's not terrible either. And the more I like it, the more I play it, the more I play it, the more I like it. Uh, but the more I play it, the more you also see its problems. They they open up a little bit more. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how far are you in? How how long have you? Um, I believe it? the last time I checked, I think I'm at about forty hours. Um, nice. So I'm reaching a point where I think it's going to be a point of no return. A lot of uh, a lot of the loyalty missions started opening up, like. It's like, hey, you can start doing this now. You can start doing this now. So I'm out, like, scattered around the the system doing those. Um, I've noticed a few more glitches than you have. I I think there's there's some times where like the audio gets like on like say on a voice line, it just gets like really choppy. I don't know how to really yeah. com- really express it. It just gets kind of choppy and discordant. Um, yeah. I've ran into that, and I've also ran into where I'll start talking to somebody, and like their f- the first line that they're supposed to say, like they don't even say it. Mm-hmm. Like I usually play with games with subtitles, so the subtitles pop up, but they're not saying anything, and mm-hmm. then they go to the next line, and then the audio starts back up. I've had that a lot. Mm-hmm. I've also had really funny instances where during a conversation, there is a noticeable line where like the details better above that line, and the detail and it gets worse below that line or vice versa like just the draw i don't know what it is but like the it's strange it's like there's a line the graphics are better uh, like above or below the line and the opposite on the other and that just kind of threw me off a little bit i'm like huh that that isn't right (laughs) yeah i've also ran into a problem a lot where i'll fast travel to somewhere and then for like five seconds i can't move and that's that's i don't know it's just very annoying because i'm like freaking out i'm like did my game just freeze it better not just frozen but no i just can't move for some reason until the game fixes itself another thing that the more you get into the the open world sections of the game exploring planets and stuff i don't know how you feel about these but i don't find the glyphs to be very fun at all hmm. like I love exploring the remnant stuff and I love opening the vaults, but I hate doing 
everything leading up to it. I just don't find Eclipse to be that fun to me. See, I don't like going around searching for those glyphs. Yeah. I like I like the puzzle, the little Sudoku puzzle. I like that. I think that's kind of fun to just toy around with and figure out. But, Sometimes. But, but following these following these yeah. like little trails to try to find them, especially there's this one where like you have to go all the way out the cave and up yep. to the surface yep. to get I them. Just did that one. That one is just annoying as fuck. Um yeah. And there's no reason it has to be that way. Like that shouldn't That's just I don't know. It's yeah. It's, it's just kind of, kind of a uh, kind of bad design to me. Of just, mm-hmm. I I just don't know how somebody was like playtesting that and played that and went. Yeah, I just don't know. I feel like most people probably won't like this because it just feels like way more busy work than it should. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's Which, go for a walk. Woo. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the other night too, I was I ended up texting you guys. I was getting really pissed off. I'm like. Dude, I have all this cool, like, leg and arm armor, and I can't fucking put any of it on. And it was really making me mad. But then I just turned out to be a dummy. And I didn't know that if you put on a certain chest piece, then you have the whole damn thing on. You can't equip anything else. Mm-hmm. But now I got that figured out. It's, it's all it's all good. It's all good. Uh, customization, I think, is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. The more you get into it, it's very like overwhelming at first. But when you start just diving into it and going back to it more and more and more of research and development, creating stuff, augmenting stuff like there's some very deep shit that you can get into, which is very cool. You can kind of just play however you want and grab whatever weapons and make them whatever you want, really, which is cool. You know, you can really modify that stuff. I will say one last problem that I that I've ran into a lot and I it might be on me but I don't know is I've ran into this whole issue again where I'm online and the game says I'm offline. Now, oh, um I know I feel like this game's been having server problems and so it might be more leaning towards that but like I can't access my fucking strike missions so- or anything. Because it says I'm offline, but I'm online. So know. here's the thing: um, when you're booting it up, you ha- you should probably before you hit resume, you should wait for the thing to connect and say online mm-hmm. before you enter the game. Otherwise, it'll launch it as if you're on offline. Yeah, and and I realized that like the first two times I did it, but then, mm-hmm. but now I usually wait, and then but there's sometimes where I'll wait and wait and wait, and then it'll say cannot connect to the servers and. And, like, even if I go into multiplayer and try to connect to that, I can't connect to that. So I think that might be more on hmm. on the server side of the game. But I don't know. We did play the multiplayer, though. We did. That was uh, that was fun. A lot of fun. I like it, for Got sure. that wave-based survival, doing yeah. those little objectives. I think it's a little bit too grindy. It is. It is a little bit, yeah. Like, and... the equipment you're getting is, like, tier one stuff and i'm still stuck with tier one stuff even though like yeah. i'm almost i'm like level seven and i yeah yeah the the uh flow for equipment going through that is kind of slow yeah and in like because you need to wait to really level up and also you're not getting equipment fast enough then you can't do the cooler missions with your buddies 
So you're stuck just grinding out stuff that eventually just becomes way too easy for you, but you're not good enough to go to the next level yet because the progression just feels so damn slow. Not leveling up doesn't feel slow. Getting new gear is extremely slow with because you mostly like you can get the the loot boxes to unlock new stuff from doing missions but you also you need to be leveled up and have a little better gear to be very successful at those missions because otherwise you're just going to get your ass kicked so so then it's just down to getting credits and running the lower end stuff will only give you about 10,000 credits every time so if you want to get the the expert box that's 50,000 credits so that's at least five or six matches and then if you want the premium box that's way more than that and so you're just spent grinding for a while until you get really anything worthwhile now i think the gameplay is fun and i think working as a team is fun it can be very intense and and kind of hard at times Mm -hmm. um and i want to play more of it i just think it's a little bit too grindy to me for me and a little bit more too built for kind of pay to win type stuff Mm -hmm. because you can't buy these things with real money sucks yeah it does suck but um i guess the only like the redeeming thing about that is that there is like there really is no competitive mode in this where pay to win actually matters right right you're right and i mean it's all cooperative stuff but but just kind of sucks that it's like Hey, I know you really want better gear. It's gonna take you a while. Why don't you just throw us some money and you'll get there a little bit quicker? Mm-hmm. Like that just that stuff kind of sucks, but it's cool. Yeah, I think overall I'm I'm, I'm digging it. I'm really I'm really uh, looking forward to finishing it this weekend so I can move on to Persona next week. Yeah, just one massive game after another. It's kind of almost tiring at times. Like when I was playing Uncharted Golden Abyss the other day, I'm like, this just feels great. Because I'm playing something that isn't open world, that I don't have 50,000 things to do, and it's just straightforward, you know? So I think after Mass Effect Andromeda, I'll definitely try to bang out a few of those games like Dishonored 2 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Well. You've been playing with anything else? No, not nothing really other than Mass Effect. I played some uh, Overwatch last night. We all did. Um, I also played a little bit later that night. Played some ranked with someone on that was streaming. Um, basically, ended up at the end of the night two points away from where I started. So really didn't move anywhere. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, also. Eh. Yeah, there's nothing else that I really want to talk about. Um, you finished Horizon. I did. I very much did. I finished Horizon a while ago. We're going to talk about Horizon. And do you want to do spoilers? I feel like spoilers are okay. I, I feel f- so as well. I mean, the game's been out for a month. so Yes. So, without further ado, let's get into this Horizon review roundup kind of deal. I'm not sure if I want to call a review, but, you know, SEO is really cool, right? you, you got to get that search engine yeah. optimization. We're going to spoil the fuck out of this. Yeah. Certain 
So if you haven't finished Horizon, stop what you're doing now. You can always come back to this. Finish Horizon. It's worth it. This is actually the first time I've talked to anybody really about this game story. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So this is going to be pretty cool. All right. So do you want to get us started? Uh, Yeah. I mean, this game's story is phenomenal. Its main story, I think, is just... It's great. And I think this game ends in a very satisfying way. I mean, that final quest was awesome. And it was super... That final boss fight was hard, man. To me, that was the hardest fight in the whole game. That that um, Deathbringer was really, really whooping my ass. And they just kind of throw everything at you. And your AI buddies don't help, help out very much. When you finally get it it just it is like the biggest relief and sad one of the most satisfying ends to a video game i feel um but they did very much leave it open for a sequel they did they did one of those cliche things where the guy you were trusting turned out to not be very trustworthy yes now the guy who wasn't very trustworthy, of course, is Sirens, which mm-hmm. I felt was very obvious that we shouldn't trust him almost the whole time. To me, when you're doing the quest where you're going into the mountain to retrieve, um, fuck, I forget what it is, the override, the master override, mm-hmm. uh, to then kill Hades. It's like the second to last quest or something. And you're leaving that bunker and he's standing in there. I'm like, he's going to try to fuck me over because mm-hmm. you know that he basically created the eclipse and he was not a good guy and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, he's going to fuck me over right here. And I thought he was really going to do it, but he didn't. But I still don't trust him. Yeah, he did fuck you over, however, by giving you his spear, which I do not understand why the fuck you took his spear. That's one thing Why's I don't that? understand about that. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't... I, like. Do you remember that part, like where? Yeah, yeah. You took his spear. I don't know why you did that because that's basically how he came out the winner in this ordeal. That's, because yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, because spoilers at the end, Hades is not actually dead. No. It makes oh, you man. wonder, like what, 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 what do you think? What do you think they can do with a sequel with Hades being alive mm, and uh, Sirens having him? In a way. I don't know if they... It doesn't really leave room for much new. Yeah. Like, it seems like it's going to be the uh, same thing all over again, just in a different place. Right. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, well, how does this really lead to a sequel? But I'm sure Gorilla has a way better idea than I do, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that world for a second, um, especially what's revealed near the end of the game about this uh, this Zero Dawn project. Yeah, man, some crazy shit, man. AI yeah, gone, AI gone crazy and shit, man. Yeah, and and humans basically recreating the world. Mm-hmm. In a way, in a just a weird, strange way of like, 
I, I did not see that coming. I did not see how the zero, what the Zero Dawn project actually was. Mm-hmm. But when it started to get revealed that it, you know, uh, Elizabeth made this AI basically to almost repopulate, recontrol everything. It's kind of like, damn, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting stuff. And I think it's a, it's a interesting take on a sci-fi type of idea. Um, and I like it because you're, you're, when you're first learning about Zero Dawn, you're like, and you're kind of thinking the same thing that Aloy is thinking. It's like, well, if these machines had bad code in them and they started basically eating the earth and destroying everything, killing everyone, completely just populating faster than we can kill them, then how is the world still going? And then that is revealed. Like, wow, that is some cool stuff. Yeah, I... I just like the whole concept of that. Like, and they also yeah. had like a different contingency plan where they were going to send uh, people. I, I forget where they exactly they were going to send them. Maybe to Mars or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like that, the whole story about that failing. The story about how uh, like all the, like the Athena project that was supposed to reteach humanity like what it lost, how yeah. that got lost. It, yeah. Oh man, it, there's like. The, all the stories with the holograms and stuff about, like, the directors on this project, and, man, just yeah. that whole story. It tells two stories, like, the story, like, of before this whole shit happened, and then, like, the story of Aloy going to fix the mistakes. Yeah. And the one part that really just kind of hit me, and I was like, fuck, like, that's crazy, is right towards the end when you get the master override and you're watching a hologram of what happened in the past and how Ted Faro completely killed everybody and destroyed everything mm-hmm. that humanity knew up to then. And I, at the same, like I went, you're an asshole, dude. Like, why are you doing that and hiding all this knowledge? But then at the same time, I completely understood where he was coming from mm. of like, if we give them this stuff, then they're probably just going to repeat the same exact problems that we just created. And we don't need that. Mm-hmm. You know, we need humanity to kind of continue on in a different way and not be us type of thing. So th- that part kind of hit me like, whoa, like, wow, I didn't mm-hmm. see that coming for sure. Yeah, like, oh, man, I'm fucking enthralled with this game. I love, I, man. The, like, the world that it sets up, like, the whole, like, pre, uh, like, what led to, like, this, the Zero Dawn project, that, that stuff is all really interesting, and I like what came out of it as well when, like, humans did start repopulating the Earth, like, how there were, like, these different cultures that popped up in this place, in this, I, I'm a, you can read into it, you're actually in Colorado this whole time. Yeah. Like, like, there are four distinct tribes there. Um, the Banuk, the, uh, oh, there's, there's the Karja, the Nora, the mm-hmm. Banuk, I think. Yeah. And I forget the other one, the Orsarim? Yes. Osram. Osram. Yes. Yes, yes, Um, and I, I just like how different and distinct all those different cultures are. Like, there's, like, <laughs> everything from, like, what they wear and what their buildings look like. 
and just like their their different societies, like how they're structured and all that. I I think that's really awesome. Yeah, and and I find this game to be fascinating with its world because I feel this is one open world that you can almost sort of relate to, in that like we're not as technology as technologically advanced as the fall of humanity in a way was in horizon, but we're pretty advanced. And so they're worshiping our society, how it is kind of today. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, that's just kind of fascinating to me. These divine vessels. Yeah, exactly. Which are just coffee mugs. Yeah. (laughs) Or yeah. Like, you know, the, the metal world and the old ones, it's like, that stuff is cool. And, and I feel, you know, one thing I loved about the story is it, I mean, it sort of was and it wasn't a save the world type of story. Like most of the time it's like, oh, you got to save the world from completely ending it. But Hades would have maybe destroyed a lot more, uh, but it never felt like you were truly going to save the world like the stakes were high but they weren't just high in a corny and artificial way to me which well, i like if he did manage to set off the his reactivation of all those uh i forget what they were called what the, the those, yeah the ancient machines yeah if he if he managed yeah. if he managed to send that signal out i i think that would have been the end of the world right yeah. then because uh gaia was in no uh no shape to actually restore whatever would happen because Hades kind of broke off. Yeah. What did you think about the revelation in the reveal of who Aloy is? So I got it like right away. As soon as you meet all mother and like there's an almost genetic match of Mm -hmm. the, the doctor, I was like, Oh, that's, that's the story here. That's why she just showed up. That's, that's, that's why she like, she didn't have a mother. That's why, that, yeah, it, it all it all made sense to me right there and then that that's what she was. Yeah, I, I was thinking like that she has some connection to Elizabeth in some way, but I didn't I didn't really fully catch on that she was created just to stop this from happening, mm-hmm. and that she was born from Gaia type of thing. So when when the game revealed that, I was like, whoa, that's the thing is that most open-world games don't hit you with these just incredible story moments like that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's very few open-world games that do that, and this game just did it so well. It did it on on a, to me, a Naughty Dog type of level uh, of just fantastic storytelling at certain parts. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. The one thing that didn't grab me as much was the whole eclipse thing. Yeah, the eclipse thing was was kind of weird. Like, I feel that's something they could build out a little bit more. And like that when you meet, ah, fuck, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy that throws you in his ring and you lose all your weapons, and then you gotta fight some behemoths and stuff. Like that guy, I was like, this guy's kind of badass. But then they, you know, he kind of just went away. Yeah, you kind of just 
killed him like any other normal dude. Yeah, exactly. And like, I wish there was more to that guy than just that final fight that wasn't even really that hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think they could definitely build out that type of stuff more for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure tr- I'm just trying to think of the other points I made on this game. Uh, I really like, unlike mass effect, I really like the animations in this, like the, f- yeah. the facial animations, like just, and like the character art, like how detailed each character is from like, just like their facial features and like their outfits and all that stuff. That yeah. Aloy's hair is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that is how hair should be done in games. Like, the lip syncing isn't that great, but the character models and the facial animations are pretty solid. And mm-hmm. especially the eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the eyes are just phenomenal. And eyes can kind of make, make or break a, a character model, no matter how good it looks. Like, I don't think the character models in Mass Effect Andromeda look awful, but the eyes just look very bad sometimes. Like, they're about to pop out of the character's head, or they just kind of look fake mm-hmm. in a weird way, and they're just twitching, they're not rolling the right way. But Horizon, it's done It's done really, really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We'll say, I don't think the game... The more I got into it, I love the combat in this game. It's, it is probably the best part about it. It's extremely fun to do. I don't think customization is really the greatest. Mm-hmm. And I feel in a sequel, that is like the number one thing I think they could totally build on. Of just totally decking your weapons out and, and armor. Like the outfits just don't really do much you know to me like i never went out and saved all my metal shards and got the best outfit i just found one that was kind of i mean it was a very rare whatever it was a purple outfit but it was kind of fair across the board i just felt like those things weren't that great and also like you kind of run out of shit to spend your shards on yeah the economy is definitely broken in that game yeah, like I ended the game with like 20,000 metal shards because I had nothing to spend it on. And, and what I would spend it on really doesn't cost that much. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, that, I, that can be. I completely sure. skipped the middle tier of armor and skipped right to like the purple stuff. Me too, like, me too. It, there, there really wasn't any reason you were earning enough uh, metal shards to go straight for it. And, and, that, and for the weapons as well, like. It just didn't. It wasn't that hard to get the best stuff. Yeah. That that is definitely a, a spot that they can improve on for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's just crazy to me that, you know, we've, we've said it a few times here that Gorilla, their first open world RPG, really just kind of nail it in a lot of ways that most most people don't. And and two, this world was big, but it wasn't massive. Mm-hmm. It was contained, and it felt like everywhere you went was something interesting, and it felt a little bit more alive than most open-world games. Like, they went for interesting instead of huge mm-hmm. in showing showing how big their dicks are. That is awesome, and that should totally be, be applauded because 
you know, you look at a lot of open world games and they just go, look how big our world is type of stuff. But it's like, what is there to do in it? What is there to see in it? And Horizon has a nice, nicely sized open world, but it never felt uh, completely overwhelming and it never felt boring uh, to walk around it. Hmm. You know? Yeah. There is an improve. There are a few improvements that I'd make. Uh, most uh, glaring improvement I'd like to see in a sequel is a better supporting cast. I feel like the supporting cast yeah, was a little bit weak. Their stories yeah. didn't seem to carry as much weight. Like, absolutely. The, I th- I think the uh, oh shoot, what's that guy with that shitty facial hair? I forget his yes, name now. I know who you're talking about. The the drunk. Yeah. Oh man, that's really bothering me. Um, yeah. But he had like he had like three or four quests like pertaining to his story and that was it. And it didn't really it was about his sister and and it just directly tied right back into the main story uh, against like the Shadow Karja. It's just I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like they didn't give enough attention to the side characters. And that's the only one that's really fleshed out. Like there's other ones that you go on go out and help um there's this one like serial killer nils like he's i i just couldn't find him likable because he just enjoyed killing people like and he only killed people and i'm like dude what is redeemable about you i know they're bad people but you're doing it because you like it yes i i i felt the same way most most characters just weren't that great like the avad the sun king mm-hmm. you know uh, it was interesting learning about him when he was like coming on to you in a weird way but i never thought he was super interesting the characters you talked about um ah oh god i'm blanking on his name but the hard ass that's in the hunter's lodge not talana but uh Asus, I think it's like that guy it was, like he was just one-sided and, and Talana was okay um, probably a little bit more of a, a memorable one because of how she kind of took you in type of stuff but um, yeah I, I, I agree with that none of the none of the side characters are very memorable for sure but I think Aloy is a good main character mm-hmm. I like her I like her voice acting. I like who she is type of stuff. That's something you can build on there. For sure. Yeah, they're, def- they're definitely going to ride that one out because it. I think it's obvious that they're going to continue with that character. Just the way that, the way that they build around her marketing-wise and the way that uh, the game ends, it just makes sense to keep, keep on with her. I agree. Mm. Yeah. And one thing that I loved... Were the cauldrons? Oh yeah, the cauldrons were awesome. They were they were very cool. I I think they were well done. I would love for them to just take it to a whole other level with those mm-hmm. things, of just make them just these really expansive and deep dungeons type of things. Like, because they were fascinating to me, and I loved how some were a little bit more combat focused. Like, there's one that you went that you enter and you basically walk down the hallway and you're fighting a fucking thunderjaw. Mm. And then there's ones that are a little bit more puzzle focused and stuff like 
just take them to a whole other level to me because they were really, really cool. Maybe do more with, like, not just sticking your spear in everything to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe create, like, different cool puzzle kind of things that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Errand. Errand. Ah, oh, man. I'm going to hurt yes. myself. Ah. Uh, yeah. Though, like, I see, I just don't, I just don't think any of the supporting cast mattered in the game. Like, it's just. Oh, really? And even if you did all this helpful side quests and had them all at the end helping you, they didn't really help you in the final fight. Not really. No. <laughs> like, it, it just felt like everything was there to kill you, mm-hmm. and that's it. It was you versus them and not you and, and your team of buddies versus them. Like, even the people that you first meet in the game, like Teb or, you know, the old people, um, they weren't even that fascinating to me. The one character that I, that I genuinely liked was Rost. Mm-hmm. Then they killed him. Yeah, I thought that was like I I didn't like how cliche that was. They just took away like your right. like they just took someone away from you, and that's why you're after them. I I just yeah. I know they had to start the conflict somehow, but did they? I don't I don't know why they had to mm-hmm. go go to that length to do that. Yeah, it in, with Rost, it brought up a very interesting thing that I liked how Aloy handled it in that like. Ross was like, you know, if you leave me, I can't talk to you because I'm forbidden to talk to you because mm-hmm. of the tribe laws and all that stuff. And I like how Aloy throughout the game was just like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. You know, there there was a moment where they all started worshiping her towards the end. She's like, no, 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 we're not. I don't I don't want any part of this fucking doing this. this type, cult yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. No, I thought that that angle of the world was very fascinating mm-hmm. in I would like to know a lot more of like why mm-hmm. and how that that type of stuff started for sure. It's a good game, man. Oh yeah, it's one of the very best games on PlayStation Four. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's it's definitely my favorite game of the year so far. Um, although I haven't played The Legend of Zelda mm. on Switch at all, but uh, compared to any other new game I played this year, this one. Very clearly, head and shoulders above a lot of them. Man, this yeah. first half of the year just stacked, man. Stacked yes. and stacked. Absolutely. I, I I was thinking a lot about like just PlayStation in the first three months of the year, which I I think would be a cool cool thing to dive into here in the next few weeks because I mean it's just crazy how many exclusives Sony has had on their side when nobody really saw it coming mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like I didn't see, I knew there were some exclusives like Neo and persona five, but then you realize how much they're all hitting quickly. And yeah, it's been a hell of a year so far. I, oh, yeah. I think this is probably the best year so far for video games, potentially, since I've started playing video games. Maybe 2007 was the only other year since I really started playing video games where I went, this is amazing. But like 
there hasn't been a year this good in yeah. a long time. Like I started the year with Resident Evil Seven. That yeah. was a damn good game. Um, yeah. And and then to get Horizon, Zelda, Mass Effect, Persona within like three four weeks. Oh man. Yep. I agree. Oh boy. Well, I think that's gonna wrap up our Horizon thing there. I land. I it lands in my top five PlayStation games, PlayStation four games at least, maybe even PlayStation games overall. Yeah, it's it's up there for me, for sure. But yeah, it's I. If you have a PlayStation Four, you were fucking up. If you haven't played Horizon, go fucking play Horizon. This yeah. is this is the only rant I'll do about that. But yeah, and yeah. two, Horizon is extremely important because you have a brand new IP that is selling very well. Mm-hmm. And it, it just like it's almost every time there's a there's a new IP that is critically good, like they always for the most part, end up selling well. And it makes you wonder, like, why the game industry is so... Because it's a you risk. You know, kind of against... And I get that. I get it's a it's a business, and, and doing a sequel is a, is a, you know, sure bet. But it's like, if you do a new IP, and you do it well, you market it well, you make a good game, you're probably going to sell very well. Um I wonder if like if the horizon if Horizon Success will have other studios pointing to it, being like, "Look, they did their idea. Let us let, let us do ours. We can do that." Yeah. And and I really hope that happens. I hope like a lot of other studios decide to be like, "Hey, let's do something new." Yeah. Like I, I mean, know it's, I know it's on the other side of the aisle, but uh, three four three keeps making Halo. What does three four three actually want to do? Exactly. Exactly. In with that, you had with that on the Xbox side, which you know when you think about it, it's it's crazy. Like Microsoft owned Bungie. Bungie was Microsoft's naughty dog. Mm-hmm. Microsoft valued Halo more than they valued Bungie. But if they valued Bungie more than Halo, Destiny could be an Xbox exclusive right now. But it's not. It, it just. Sony's good at that. Sony's good at letting their studios kind of create what they want and giving them time, and in some cases, giving them way too much time, like like with the Last Guardian. But uh, they're they're good at that because I, I think they see value in it. In that, if there's something new and fresh there, it might not sell 10 million copies, you know, like a Halo or Gears of War would, but it's going to be maybe more appealing because it's something that's fresh and exciting and new instead of a sequel to something you already know, mm-hmm. you know? I know, it's important for sure. I think you can look at horizon and overwatch and probably maybe destiny is like, these are new IP and they're done well and they have all sold really well. You know, we can, maybe invest in something like this. Mm. They're good IP for the generation, for sure. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well. Oh, boy. That we was had a nice a, Yeah, we had a, we had a lengthy chat right there. Um, let's, let's go into... Let's talk about more video games. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about more video games. There's more video games. There are a lot of video games. I don't have time for all of them, but no. we're going to talk about some of them. 
Um, I can brush over this real quick. Gwent, the Witcher card game. It's been uh, in beta with PC a little bit. Uh, you, people were playing that. But this weekend on PlayStation 4, whether you have PlayStation Plus or not, you can try out the Witcher card game. Uh, it starts on f- the Friday. This releases March 31st and will end Monday, April 4th. So you can get in and check that out. Rumor is, it's Gwent. If you liked it in uh, The Witcher 3, it's even better here in its own standalone game. Did you play Gwent a lot in Witcher 3? I did. I, I played a little bit. Uh, I, n- I didn't get all like all the cards, but uh, I-, I enjoyed what I played of it. Um, yeah. Apparently, in this uh, in this uh, standalone game, there's just a larger card variety, which makes deck building like even more interesting. Right. Right. It's smart for them to break this out. Um, this game would be great on Vita, but we all know that probably won't happen. No. <laughs> Not likely. But it, really, at all. it really, it really would be good on Vita. Um. Let's go. We talked about a little bit of Mass Effect and its problems. It looks like Bioware is about ready to address those problems and how they will approach them. They sent out a tweet image here, which I will read from, to our players. It's been a week since we officially launched Mass Effect Andromeda worldwide, and we couldn't be more excited that our fans are finally experiencing everything we've worked so hard to create. We've received quite a bit of feedback, some of it positive and some of it critical. That feedback is an important part of our ongoing support of the game, and we can't wait to share more of our immediate plans with you on Tuesday, April 4th. In the meantime, keep your feedback coming. Our team is listening, working around the clock to gather information and plan out solutions to improve and build on Mass Effect Andromeda. Thanks for your continued support and for joining us on this journey. Encouraging that they're going to address yeah. these problems and relatively quickly. Yes. And at least they came out and said, we've received p- feedback, positive and negative, pretty much. Like, they they know. I'm sure they shipped this game knowing what problems it had. It's not like they shipped this game and they thought it was going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. They probably knew where it was going to sit. Um, so it's it's good. Good that they're going to be updating this stuff for sure um interesting about mass effect and drama and horizon neither of them have season passes which is another thing we should applaud them for mm. dragon age inquisition didn't have a season pass either um and i imagine they'll do expansions for both these games but very very intriguing i hope we do get expansions because well at least from yeah. what i've played of mass effect i'd I think I'd want more on top of it, and definitely Horizon. I'd like an expansion to that. See what maybe like a prequel with Rost, a little bit. That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Or maybe just some of Aloy's adventures after defeating Hades. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's. I mean, I think the problems that Bioware needs to fix with Mass Effect and Dramon are pretty obvious. Yes, and I think I I, I think they're more than capable of getting it done. Definitely, definitely. Um, from one game that is about to get fixed to another game that was fixed earlier this week, I believe. I think it was earlier this week. Um, so Final Fantasy Fifteen, they put out an update for Chapter Thirteen. Of course, they 
they mentioned it almost right away that they were going to work on chapter 13. Um, this update's called chapter 13, verse 2. Um, it's going to let you play as take Gladio and Ignis through the keep in chapter 13. It modifies Noxus's ring magic. And there are some story scenes that flesh out the story between uh, Ravis and Iolus. I don't know how to pronounce that because Square Enix decides to put some really crazy words out there. Um, but yeah, uh, this is the update that you were looking for if you were putting Final Fantasy XV on hold because of what you've heard of Chapter Thirteen. Seems like now is the time to go back to it. Yeah, it, this is another thing where it's good that they kind of took that feedback in and and, and adjusted it because I I did not think Chapter Thirteen was very fun. I just felt like it took away what was the best part about Final Fantasy XV, and that was the the combat. So I, I like the I like the tone shift of that chapter. I just didn't like the actual gameplay yeah. they took you through. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's good that they're adjusting that stuff. Um, yeah, and also the DLC, the mm-hmm. new DLC episode is out. I do think this is kind of bad timing for this game, just because of how how many other massive RPGs are out right now. Uh, I think it would have been better if they could have got this stuff out, you know, January or very late last year or something. I I know that that's a bit of a stretch since the game came out at the very end of November, but but uh, just a little bit of a bad timing there. But hey. Final Fantasy XV is definitely a game that if you picked it up in November, you could still be playing right now because... There's a lot of content in that one, too. Mm-hmm. I still need to go back and work on that Platinum. I think yeah. I'm going to do that. I I, uh, I felt like that was a game that I was going to Platinum, but I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. Because, like, it's not hard, but, like, I can't stand the fishing stuff in that game, so I don't want to do that. And, you know... I mean, the combat is, is fun and stuff, but I, I just would rather move on personally. Uh, but if you're close to it, I mean, you're close to two Final Fantasy Platinums. We'll see if you get any of them. Mm, you need to stop reminding <laughs> me. Yeah. Uh, I'm also working on my Stardew Platinum, low-key, just whenever I'm watching something. I'm just playing Stardew on the side. Yeah. I have a whole checklist of things I need to do. Are you close to that one? Um, so I'm 48%, but a lot of my last trophies are like golds and silvers, so that kind of yeah. skews it. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I'm really close to a lot of different trophies. I need to catch one more fish for a gold trophy. I need to learn another recipe and then just gather the ingredients and cook them all for another gold trophy. Cool. I need to, like, the the grindy one, earn like have a total lifetime's earning of like 10 million. I'm like I'm halfway there on that, and I've just optimized my farm, so I'll be able to make a lot of money on yeah. every day. Um, oh man, yeah, yeah. I need to work on my Horizon Platinum. Mm. I got. I basically need to do the Hunting Lodge and find two power cells and hit level fifty, and I'm good. It's basically what I need. I think so. I'm gonna Platinum Mass Effect. I was looking at that one too. Because uh, 
It doesn't seem hard, but it is a little grindy. You don't have to play it in Insanity, but you have to do those uh, Apex missions on gold. I mm-hmm. wonder if you can do that via strike teams because I'm close to getting my strike, one of my strike teams up to level 20, and I'll see if they can take on the gold Apex missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. If not, maybe we have to do that one multiplayer, which could be a fun time. Mm, it could be a fun time. A very frustrating time at the same time it could be. We'll see on that one. Do you remember Wipeout? I remember it. I didn't play it too much, really? but I remember. I can't. I think I played it on PS2, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember I played playing it on PS. I played it on PS1. I think. So. Mm. I may have played it both places. I, I just, I, I remember like this racing game in the back of my head, and when I saw Wipeout, I was like, oh shit, that's what it was. But yeah, uh, the Wipeout Omega Collection is coming to PlayStation June 6th. Man. Boom. And that includes three games, three different campaigns. Um, it's all in one package, though, so for $40. Um, it's going to be running 1080 PS4 and 4K on PS4 Pro. 60 frames per second, which is perfect. pretty good for a racing nice. game. All the frames just give me all the frames. And from the screenshots here, it looks pretty good. Yes. Definitely. Oh, boy. I might check this out. I mean, I lo- I'm not too big of an arcade racer type of guy, but something like this I could get behind could be pretty fun. Mm. So we'll see you on that. Uh, a game I'm interested in, Valkyria Revolution. It's coming to America on June 27th. It's going to be on PlayStation 4 and the Vita. I'm really excited mm. for this. Um, yeah. It's a spin-off from the Valkyria Chronicles. It, is, it isn't directly tied to those storylines. It tells the story of a different war. And it, uh, it changed up the combat a little bit. It's a little more real-time rather than turn-based, which will be interesting to see how that works. But man, I love me some Valkyria. I need to get back to Valkyria Chronicles. I know is this good? I know Valkyria Chronicles says I have zero trophies in it, but I feel like all the trophies are earned at a certain point. Like they're, it's all grindy stuff that you'll eventually get to. So, mm, I got you. Is this like a new game, or has this game been around for a little while? I don't know when it released in Japan. Um, yeah. hmm. I imagine it's been out in Japan for for a while, I'll but look it's that cool. Up really quick, Revolution. And it's released in Japan just earlier this year, January 19th. Okay, cool. Very cool. So they're turning out a port on that. I'm excited. I think Valkyria is going to be fun to take on the go, so I'm going to pick that up for my PlayStation Vita. Yeah, it's cool that it's coming to Vita. And the one thing with the Valkyria games, you know, they're not really my cup of tea, but from the outside, it always has intrigued me, the whole, like, World War Two aspect mm-hmm. kind of spin that the game has. I think that's a very interesting thing to to go on there. Yeah, Valkyria, for this type of thing. Valkyria Revolution is stepping away from the World War Two theme a little bit. It's going to like more of like an in, the European Industrial Revolution and yeah, like cool. a in kind of like a revolutionary war kind of deal. Like a I, I'm not sure what country they're basing it off of if they are, 
but uh, it it's a really cool story. Um, we. Oh man. Oh boy. All right. oh. Let's. Oh, oh boy. yeah. I have some words about the next words. story coming up. Destiny Two coming to PlayStation Official. Four September eighth. And there were a couple of trailers that came out today. One teaser and another trailer. Oh, yep. man. I'm going to let you talk a little bit about this, and then I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. All right. So, yeah. they Bungie posted the official reveal trailer, basically, um, for this game. I don't know how you felt about the trailer, but I, I enjoyed the trailer. But at the same time, the trailer didn't really do much for me. Where I was watching, I'm like, this is pretty cool. I love Cade 6. You know, I hope he plays a fucking major role in this game because he's a cool character. He brings a type of fun to the Destiny world. You know, he's not as serious. The first game was just super serious all the time for the most part. And, you know, Cade 6 in this trailer definitely brought a, a type of fun to it um i mean it's it's set up some things it's set up that the last city has been completely fucked up by the cabal pretty much and you know they showed off the big bad guy apparently um showed off some new doggos yeah and they showed off a big dude coming out of some flames with some double sword action going on and it was a cool trailer, but at the same time, it didn't get me super pumped. You know, when I saw the original trailers for Destiny the first time, I was pumped of what it could be. Uh, and I think that's just because of what happened with Destiny 1. And I'm a guy, I sunk like 300 hours into Destiny 1, so I, I love that game, but it's like, I'm trying to contain my excitement for this game. I'm pro I mean, I will hop in day one most likely because I'm I'm a massive Destiny fan. But I I'm just trying to not get myself super excited and hyped for this game like I did the first time around. There are some things with this. One, you can pre order now, obviously, and you get into the beta. The beta is gonna be happening in the summer. So right now, pre-ordering is the only way to get into that. Pre-ordering is also a way to get some other stuff. And the thing that made me sad the most is you can pre-order an expansion pass. Now, the expansion pass for Destiny 1 was not an expansion pass. It was a load of fucking bullshit. <laughs> it was $35 worth of bullshit. I mean, the Dark Below and House of Wolves were not really expansions. Like, yeah, you got a new raid or you got Prison of Elders, got a few multiplayer maps, some new gear, but they just did not feel worth their asking price. So that part, I'm totally staying away from that for now until they really show me what it is because that end the first time around, playing through the Dark Below the first time was very frustrating. Because it's like, I spent $20 for this? Like, this isn't even really that great. There was three story missions and a strike. A few multiplayer maps and a raid. And 
at the time with Destiny, like, the raid wasn't even easy to get to. Like, you had to religiously play that game in order to even get remotely close to wanting to being able to do the raid just because of how the game leveling-wise was all set up. Um, so, yeah, that, that part kind of stinks. There is, like, these this $250 collector's edition that you can get and a full gameplay reveal. It's going to be happening May 18th. So you still got about a month and a half to wait until what Destiny 2 actually plays like. So we'll see on that. Oh, man. But uh what what do you what do you make of the trailer and you know all kinds of stuff? What are you gonna be a Debbie Downer about? Alright, so let's let's get this straight here. This reveal trailer was a dumb move. It definitely didn't feel like a reveal trailer. It felt like more of a marketing trailer that you do in the lead up to a release of the game. It felt like it was just trying. To, it was trying to pump people up rather than actually like reveal what Dest, like Destiny Two as like a concept. It was more of like just CG pumping people up. This was. This right. is like. This is the exact epitome of trying to start a hype train. Yeah, it's like, basically saying go go buy your tickets for the for the fucking choo choo train, and hop on because we're going to fucking hype town, man. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't <laughs> like it when. A reveal trailer is pump is doing that right away. Like I feel like that should be the job of like continuous marketing, right? Because In from this play. we from this we learned nothing about the game. We learned nothing right. about the game from the reveal trailer, other than a few story tidbits. Right, and you know people are going to hype the the shit out of this. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just if they show off the gameplay. May 18th, and the gameplay is fucking, it just looks tits. It's like, wow, this is looking so much cooler than Destiny 1. Then maybe the hype's a little bit warranted. A little bit. But on a trailer like this, I mean, this probably doesn't represent the game really in any way. And I thought it was like tonally trying to be like more fun like this. I feel like they're chasing that Borderlands kind of feel. And I, I just don't think they can outdo Borderlands, like, humor-wise, and just being just having cool characters like Borderlands does. I don't think they can outdo them. Um, no. I feel like they're they're playing into a hand that they're ultimately going to, like, get the shit kicked out of them if a Borderlands 3 releases. Yeah, and, and, and the tone of this trailer just felt like they did this type of tone to just totally get away from what Destiny 1 was. Because it was just this serious kind of train wreck of a story. I like, mean, at least it's the okay. First to, game. It's okay to be that serious if you actually have the story and world like right. built up around it to be that serious. Like, exactly. They got away with it in Halo because there was so much lore around Halo. But you can't just do that when you start from scratch and then you don't provide the materials to actually build off of. Right. It's like. They built a world that looked cool, but the story being told in that world just did not did not really work well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, also, pre-order for a beta. Buy the expansion pass for the first two expansions. What does this sound like? Destiny yeah. One. It does. It sounds like they're just repeating the same business model, which I didn't really like. 
releasing two disappointing uh disappointing expansions off the back of hype for the uh, hype for the initial game which we don't know much about yeah i mean it's stupid to pre-order right now it's all right so it's stupid to, it's stupid to pre-order an expansion pass i'll say that yes. it is absolutely just dumb fuck dumb fuckery that would lo- lead you to pre-ordering an expansion pass before the game is even out because you can't get a refund on an expansion pass. You can't. Well, if you buy it digitally. If you buy a uh, like a physical coacher, you can go back to the store and turn that back in. But most people just buy their expansions digitally. Yeah. And you can't get a refund for that. That's... I, I just think that's disgusting to try to sell people on an expansion pass before you actually put your product out. Like... Oh, what are you cutting out of the game now? Huh? huh. Yeah. Huh. And it and it might not be that bad. It's it's stupid regardless, but it wouldn't be that bad if Bungie executed well on the expansion pass from the first game. You know? Where if that content was worthwhile, then it would be like, okay, well they made it worthwhile that time, then maybe this time. But it's stupid regardless. I'm probably like I said. I'm probably going to hop in this on day one, but I'm not pre-ordering this game for months. Like it's just stupid to pre-order right now before you even see anything, especially if you're on the fence about it. If you're one that played Destiny One and you were burned about it, but you're intrigued on Destiny Two, do not pre-order this. You know, pre-ordering is kind of dumb in the first place. What I will say is that you can pre-order just for the beta and then cancel it if you don't like what you see. That's true. And I, yep. I think that actually sends a strong message. Like, if yeah. if they put out a beta and then a lot of pre-orders get canceled, I think that sends a message. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't put it in the list here today, and we don't really have to mark it down in the document. Um, Star Wars Battlefront Two is going to happen this year. They're going to so- tell you more at the Star Wars Celebration. So that, yep. that's all I have to say about that. Like, it's a thing that's going to happen. And I we'll, think that's we'll next, have more for you. Next month. Yes. Um, but let's stay in the wheelhouse of Activision Blizzard. The next Call of Duty is called Call of Duty World War Two. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> but it definitely looks like uh, there was some there was some marking material that leaked. Eurogamer had. Let's see what we have here. I'm going to open this tab. Hopefully there's no music or anything. Okay, so, yeah, it looks like there was an image sent out to people that leaked via a YouTube channel. Yeah, the more and more I read into this, the more sketchy it seems, but it also seems plausible that it could be World War II based on what Sledgehammer said, what they're going to do with Call of Duty, taking it back to its roots. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it is Call of Duty World War Two. How do, how how do you feel about revisiting World War Two? I would very much like it, for sure. I mean, I think this whole marketing stuff said to a YouTube channel type of thing is is a little weird, but I could totally see them calling this Call of Duty World War Two. I think that's a weird ass name. I mean, it gets to the point for sure of like what it is but it's just kind of weird 
uh, I just imagine that a bunch of executives sat in conference rooms for hours trying to figure out what to call this Call of Duty game, and then someone just goes, why don't we just call World War II? They go, perfect. Hmm. Exactly what we wanted. Yeah, ever but, since they ditched the numbering, I feel like their next Call of Duty game would be... Like, they called the the previous World War II game World at War. So, I don't I don't know how many variations you could do on a World War II title. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think going back to World War II is, is fine. Like, it's... It's been long enough since we've gotten, like, good World War II games. You know, for a while, that's all we got. And then it went to Modern Warfare, and that's all we got. And then Space Warfare type of stuff. That's all we got. Now it's swinging back. So it just makes sense, and it's cool. Personally, I want to see DICE do World War II more than I want to see Call of Duty do World War II. Uh, But I'm I'm excited. Are you? Um, I I really like th- that they're going to do this. I feel like World War Two, even like I feel like even now World War Two is still like played out in my mind. Like what what new things are they going to do with the, with it? Like what new battles are they going to go to? Or are they just going to rehash these same old battles? Like uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with it. So we'll we'll see. Um. We'll see if uh, people complaining about Call of Duty going too futuristic and all that way put their money where their mouth is and buy this one, or if people yeah. complain about it being too grounded. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see how the people that like how Call of Duty is now in terms of mobility and speed feel about something that that's going backwards a little bit, is a little bit slower, maybe a little bit more. Boots on the ground, not jumping around, jetpacks type of stuff. But what if it's alternate history? Hmm, like they pull some Wolfenstein shit? Yeah, and there is some jetpacks. Oh, man. You're flying around with fucking Thompsons in your hand. That'd be cool. Why not? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, but uh, I, I, always, I always enjoy a Call of Duty campaign, and then we'll see you on the multiplayer. Yeah. And I, I feel like multiplayer is a place where we both want to see Dice do this instead of instead of uh, whoever Activision has on Call of Duty. Yeah, Sledgehammer it, be, this time. Because I mean, Battlefield One, it's just the sound design in the shooting and just everything just makes it feel fucking terrifying. And them doing World War Two would be like wow. Type of thing. Yeah, Call of Duty but, has never really done large scale battles well. Like yeah. it, it's always like a tight like six v six, eight v eight, or like at the most I've seen like twelve v twelve. But like when the way that Dice does it, like expanding it out to like a huge battlefield. Sorry. Um, yeah. And like ju- just the way that uh, the maps are structured and the way the game modes are structured to make the make it flow a little bit better for like a large scale battle. I feel like that's the way to represent World War Two rather than these smaller, tighter fights. Yep. I agree. I'm, I'm intrigued for sure. You gotta imagine we'll get a reveal trailer for this game not long after Destiny 2 is revealed. So. At least Call of Duty skipped the cop generation that DICE decided to do. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they probably looked at that and went, nah, we don't got to do that garbage. Oh, Battlefield Hardline. That's mm. a video game. Holy shit. I'd rather do a hard line of coke. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather fucking take it a hard line dick right up the ass. Just, just fucking lay some pipe right up in there. Mm. Love laying pipe. Mm. I love free games. Me too. Guess what? We got we got some free games for April. We already knew about Drawn to Death, which was announced earlier. But we've got a whole lineup here, and I believe this is actually starting next week because of the way uh, calendars work. Um, so, the full lineup is as follows. Drawn to Death on PlayStation 4. Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time on PlayStation 4. On PlayStation 3, you have Invisimals, The Lost Kingdom, and Alien Rage Extended Edition. On your PlayStation Vita, Ten Second Ninja and Curses and Chaos both cross by with PlayStation 4. Hmm. Yay. Really excited for that Drawn to Death. I saw Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time played in a few Let's Plays. That looks like we're going to have some fun in co-op. Yeah. I mean, those two, I think, are, are some good highlights and good games for the month, for sure. Mm. Just keeps on showing, man. I just feel like Sony should just drop the PS3 support. Yeah, it's... I just don't see the point in it much anymore. <laughs> like, those two games, Invisibles, that's... <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a joke, and I have never even heard of Alien Rage. Yeah, I mean, they're not really even giving quality stuff out anymore. So, you know, either, you know, just cut it out. Give you more PS4 or Vita games or whatever. So mm. Maybe PlayStation VR stuff, but Ooh. we'll see on that. And maybe even just do like a VR trial for the month. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well... Well, 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 well. Those those free games are coming next month, but we got a list of 22 games that came out this week. 22 games, 22 dude. games. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Do you want to start us off with his first game on the list? I guess. I guess I would like to talk about new video games. Because it's not like there's nothing to play right now. Nothing at all. I just um, pre-ordered a. I just pre-ordered Com Cosmic Star Heroine, so I'm I'm excited for that next oh, month. In that, in that fucking the collective, the play collective. Yeah. Yes, believe two. Proper rappers next week. Oh yeah, need to do that. Yeah. Anyways, um, first game up is, an Anexemia. Close enough. on PS4, digital, Anexemia. It's a story-driven exploration game that puts you in control of the scientist Dr. Bailey and his operations drone, Atma. Search the ocean floor as you discover and extract samples from the bowels of the underwater caves. Boy, do I love bowels. <laughs> oh, yeah! Uh, here we have APB Reloaded on PlayStation 4. Anarchy, Justice... In the world of APB, it's your choice. Live on the edge of the law or enforce it. Hit the streets as a licensed vigilante or hardened criminal in the crime-ravaged metropolis of San Paro, where shootouts, car chases, robbery, and vandalism are all in a day's work. 
Next up is Fatal Fury Battle Archives Volume 2, which is a PS2 classic coming to PS4 digital. This compilation contains some of SNK's fans' favorite titles from the Real Bout Fatal series. Fatal Fury series. Real Bout Fatal Fury is the only Fatal Fury title with bounds, and characters who are pushed out of bounds lose the round in a comical way, which can lead to unexpected comebacks. Mm. Next game on the list is a game I've actually played before launch here. Faded, the Silent Oath. Set in the mythical age of Vikings, Faded, the Silent Oath, tells a tale of courage and sacrifice when her everyday father and husband must do the impossible to save his family from the destruction of the world at the hands of giants of old. Really cool artistic rendition of VR. I like it. Did they get Chris uh, Hemsworth to do this art here? No, no. Next up is Harvest Moon, a Wonderful Life special edition on PS4. This is a PS2 classic. Digital, a lifetime of farming takes on a new meaning in Harvest Moon, a Wonderful Life special edition. Besides planting crops, raising animals, and rebuilding your father's farm, you'll make friends in Forget-Me-Not Valley. Find your future bride and hopefully cultivate a happy family. Oh boy, just what I needed, another farming game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't know if this is what you needed, but oh, it's absolutely what I didn't need if I want to get through any AAA games this year. Yeah. Oh boy, here we go with Has Been Heroes on PlayStation Four digitally. Embark on an epic journey with the Has Been Heroes, a group of legendary champions once celebrated throughout the kingdom, almost forgotten until the king has one more quest, the most epic of them all, to take the twin princesses to school. Wonderful. Mm, twins. Next up is Heroes of the Monkey Tavern on PS4 Digital. After countless days and nights celebrating within the infamous Monkey Tavern, our team of adventurers have spent every last penny. Their fates, however, are about to change. Oh, boy. We have horse racing 2016. <laughs> yeah, look at that art. Holy shit, that looks like something on PS2. 2016. Horse oh racing my God. 2016 <laughs> is a game for everyone. Feel the thrill of a real racing championship. Hours and hours of play will keep you coming back for more. Dude. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. I wonder if that was a typo or if they really meant to launch Horse Racing 2016. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mm. That's very funny. Next up is Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix on PS4 Digital and Retail. Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix is an HD remastered collection of six unforgettable Kingdom Hearts experiences available for the first time on PS4. They should correct that. Instead of saying six un unforgettable experiences, they should just say three. Hmm. Okay. Because half of this collection is cool, and the other half is fucking garbage. Just throwing it out there. 
Will I ever go back to Kingdom Hearts and play those games? I don't know, but this presents an opportunity. Although yeah. there is Persona next week, which yeah, has been it, getting great reviews, and I really want to play it. Yeah, it, it is getting good reviews. and I mean, this collection is more just if you haven't played these games at which all. Is Otherwise, me. it's a cash grab. I haven't played it, these games at all. Although we probably have a few years for until Kingdom Hearts 3, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no rush, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, we have another PlayStation VR game up next here. It is called Corix. Corix places you in deep space, fighting for your race's survival after your homeworld is destroyed. With nothing left to lose, you are put in the role. Uh, put in the role. I almost said hole. <laughs> I like being put in holes. You are put in the role of commander with the sole mission of taking the fight back to the enemy. Build up your defenses, capture resources, and build your own army to exact revenge. Right on. Next up is MLB The Show 17 on PS4 Digital and Retail. MLB The Show 17 delivers the most, most authentic and personal baseball gaming experience on console. This year, the show offers exciting gameplay improvements and a greater ability to personalize your baseball experience. I feel like they just copy and paste that every year and just change the number. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't really copy and paste the game. No, no, no I, I meant the, but this the write-up. Yeah, the write-up. Yeah. <laughs> because the game yeah. really doesn't change all that much like conceptually like it is still MLB it doesn't have any competition that's what I'm trying to say is that like it isn't driven to change much no but it is probably a more important exclusive for Sony than people realize because this is the only major league baseball game on video game consoles so mm -hmm. if you're a fan of that of course you would gravitate towards PS4 alright well, wow. there we go. This is a long list. <laughs> Nightmares from the Deep 2, The Siren's Call. When Sarah Black, curator of the Caribbean Naval Museum, receives a package from a mysterious messenger, she is unwittingly drawn to an ancient conflict. Inside the package, she finds an artifact, and instantly, instantly assailants descend on the museum to rob her. The artifact is stolen. Sarah lowers her head in disbelief as she realizes that again she is falling head first into a nightmare from the deep. Right on. Next up is Old Time Hockey on PS4 Digital. Aggressive hockey is back in town. Experience hockey the way it was meant to be played in this old-school arcade-style hockey game where blood on the ice is just another day at the rink. Mm. Mm-mm. There you go. Yo, here we got on PlayStation 4 Punch Club. Yo, train hard, find love, deliver pizza, punch crocodiles, fight and rank up in leagues. Welcome to Punch Club, the boxing management tycoon where you choose your own path and find out who murdered your father. What? Wow. I heard good games I heard good things about this game. It's already released on PC. Yeah. I mean, fucking love boxing crocodiles pizza murder. 
That sounds like a hodgepodge of interesting. Oh, what is this, Tyler? You just made a false statement earlier. I did. I did, yes. I will take back my word on this. RBI Baseball 17, PS4 Digital. RBI Baseball 2017 returns with fast-paced, high-octane, pick-up-and-play baseball action. Take control of your game with reactive pitching and batting for the the in-the-moment decisions. RBI 2017 is packed with 30 authentic ballparks, advanced stat tracking, season game sims, and roster updates throughout the year. I'll tell you right now that this game is obviously lower quality from the show. I've seen screenshots of this game, and it does not look pretty. Yes. Now, I will say I was incorrect about my statement earlier. Yeah, if you're not because on PlayStation 4, you can probably pick this up somewhere else. I think yeah. it's cross-platform. Yeah, it, be, because I usually forget about RBI Baseball because MLB The Show is at such a higher quality than this. Anyways, launching, options. Yes, options. Launching from the Play Collective this week was Rain World, PlayStation 4 Digital. You are a slug cat. The world around you is full of danger, and you must face it alone. Separated from your family in a devastating flood, you must hunt for food and shelter between terrifying torrential downpours that threaten to drown all life. That sounds depressing. This game has really cool art. Mm Mm-hmm. I like it. Next up, Salt and Sanctuary on Vita. Digital. A doomed sailor shipwrecked. On an uncharted island in fog-shrouded valleys. Anyways. In fog-shrouded valleys, shambling figures begin to stir. Salt and sanctuary. Salt and sanctuary. God, I can't speak. Sanctuary. Seamlessly combines fast, brutal, and complex 2D combat with richly developed RPG mechanics. This game's on PS4. It's like Dark Souls with 2D. Yeah, I'm going to definitely pick it up on Vita because that sounds something like something interesting. Because Dark Souls on 2D is just like Dark Souls is 3D Castlevania. So if you make Dark Souls 2D, you're just making Castlevania. Sort of, yeah. Um, so here we have Sky Keepers on PlayStation 4 digitally. Sky Keepers is a 2D action platformer following the journey of village chief Tangi as he desperately fights to reclaim both his world and life. Seamlessly chain together various attacks and combos, launching foes skyward. Next up is Snake Pass on PS4 digital. As Noodle the Snake, slither, wriggle, curl, coil, and climb your way up to the top of Haven Tor, Haven Tor, in this one-of-a-kind puzzle adventure from award-winning independent studio Sumo Digital. Mm. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah. Oh boy, here we go. Vikings! On PlayStation 4, Retail Digital. Vikings, wolves of Midgard take you to the shores of Midgard, a world based on the mythology and history of the Vikings, with a fantasy twist. 
battle the terrifying beasts of Ragnarok as you strive to survive the growing cold that threatens to end all life. This game's sort of like Diablo-ish. Is it? I didn't really look into it all that much. Oh, we're almost there. We are the dwarves on PS4 Digital. The dwarven stars are slowly dying, putting the race at the edge of extinction. Deliverance is poised upon three dwarven astronauts who are sent out on an expedition to find a new star in the depths of the endless stone. And finally, we have Wonder Boy Returns on PlayStation 4 digitally. A classic action masterpiece arcade game Wonder Boy has been remade in HD. Food is important for a primitive man. Collect all the food before your health gets depleted. Defeat all enemies. Avoid all obstacles. And head over to save Tina. Oh my gosh. Woo! 22 games out this week. There's nothing to play, man. I'm so <laughs> bored. I just don't know what to play. My goodness. Video games, they just need to calm down a little bit. There are some interesting things out this week, I will say that for sure. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, there are. Oh boy. That's that's about it. This that's has been show. this has been a long show. Anything you looking forward to until next week? Uh, just taking a poop later. Mm. I'm looking forward to WrestleMania on Sunday. Oh boy! Oh yeah! <laughs> Gonna watch some sweaty dudes throw each other around through tables yeah. and off ladders. Oh boy, that sounds fun. I'm going to watch The Walking Dead end the season on Sunday. Just kind of go, yeah. All right. Mm. Thing. All right. I've never watched a, a TV show that just has no effect on me anymore. <laughs> like, I, I just don't watch I watch it and I go, it's not, I'm not sitting here repulsed by it. I'm not totally bored, but I'm not fucking that intrigued either. Thing. Sometimes Dr. Phil's entertaining. Yeah, catch me outside. How about that? How about that? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Well, I think it's time to wrap this bitch up. This has been the PlayStation Report, episode 55. As always, you can contact us via email at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com you can send us your tweets at PS Report Podcast you could subscribe to this YouTube channel you could give us comments you could review this podcast you could share it with your friends if you want to yeah you can also find me on Twitter at the Arctic Sloth and you can find Tyler at plugged on vids, which is connected to this very channel you're on right now. Mm. Mm. Getting sexy. 
we would like to thank you for listening, and we hope you come back next week for another episode of the PlayStation Report. We out. See ya.